pray together. So Lord, we pray that you would speak to us in ways that we could hear you. Lord, if there's anything weighing on us or distracting us, I pray for your grace to lay it aside so that we can be attentive to what you want to say this morning. So please speak and build us up that uh, we may be the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I love this this gospel passage. It's amazing because we see the agenda of heaven, which is to draw people into abundant life. And it's a beautiful thing. Uh, This past Wednesday, we had our our Bible study, and somebody said, I think it was Eva even, she said, uh, you know, we see gospels, the the heaven's agenda, but then we see it from the perspective of the one who turns around, who repents in Paul. And I just think, isn't that a wonderful thing to just see in Paul, there's this dramatic transformation. Um, I was at a wedding yesterday, and the, the, the passage that the couple chose for the wedding was from 1 Corinthians 13 all describing love, right? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. And, uh, and I was like, you know, this guy who wrote this thing about love was probably one of the greatest haters of history. He persecuted people out of fear, he arrested people, he did all kinds of nastiness, but then he encountered Jesus. And because of that encounter with love, he was transformed to be able to write something so incredible about love. And looking at, at the whole, the lost coin being found, the lost sheep being found from that perspective gives me hope. I like to uh, practice Ignatian spirituality, which is very imaginative. And when we read the scriptures, we imagine it, we pray with it. And I think that every one of us probably has someone or some ones in our lives that that are just living a life that's not fulfilling, it's not abundant, it's not what God intended. And they're experiencing consequences that are heartbreaking. And I I think that it would be helpful for me, and I hope it would be helpful for you, to actually imagine what it would be like for them to encounter love and to be transformed by that love so that they can experience life abundant as heaven is so anticipating for us all. So let's take a look at this passage and, and just I want to invite you to imagine that person or those people in your lives that, that you just want to love them into the kingdom and, and just maybe, maybe start praying that even now. So Paul starts this passage by saying, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy appointing me to his service. A long time ago, I heard of a a youth pastor who was uh, with uh, troubled kids, and uh, he took a group of boys out to uh, a camping trip, and, uh, you know, they're rough-and-tumble kind of inner-city kids, and one day they decided to hike up to the top of a mountain. And he, being the youth leader, I guess this was back in the 80s because he was the only adult. You don't do that these days. Uh, but anyway, he had this huge pack on his back and he, with lunch and stuff, and he was going up with these kids. And the kids, one of the kids came up to him and said, Hey, can I, can I carry the backpack? And in his mind, the youth leader said, Thank you, Lord. Yes, here you go. Take the backpack. The kid ran with it up the, up the path. A few minutes later, another one of the kids came over to him and said, Hey, 
can I have a turn with the backpack? And he's like, okay, if you want, sure, just tell him I said it was okay. So he runs up and do it. Kid after kid after kid take this backpack to the top of this mountain. They have lunch. They make their way back. Kid after kid after kid want to carry the backpack. They get back to camp that night, and the kids, he said, okay, guys, like, what was your favorite part about today? And the kids said, carrying the backpack. And he said, what? And they said, you trusted us to carry your things. They weren't often trusted, these kids. But for him to just say, here, go ahead, it made them feel like a million bucks because finally somebody trusted them enough with their things they could take it. Paul felt worthless. Paul was a persecutor of believers. He was a violent man, and he did not feel worthy of what Jesus did. But he says, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he has considered me trustworthy. As Anglicans, I don't think that we often think about that because my experience with the Anglican church is that people often downplay their role. Oh, I couldn't do that. I don't know the Bible enough. Or, or I can't do that. I don't really pray enough. And instead of uh, recognizing that what they do in service and in other ways is God entrusting you with a purpose, with a ministry? And that's not a small thing. Do you remember a few years ago we did the bells thing? We're going to bless people, eat with people, learn about the Holy Spirit. Remember that? And people were like, well, I, I have been doing that, but I didn't think it was anything special. God is ministering in and through you. That is incredible. And it's something that we don't get all proud about. We just say, thank you, Jesus, that you've entrusted me in the, in the social circle I'm in, in the neighborhood I'm in, in the place of work where you've placed me, that I may reflect your love to those around me. Thank you. That's where Paul is at. He was a scoffer, a persecutor, a violent person made trustworthy by Jesus, given strength by Jesus. Paul goes on to say, he says, even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But when he says, I acted in ignorance and, and disbelief, does that sort of raise a flag for you? It reminds me of Jesus being nailed to the cross. And when he was there and they were nailing him to the cross, he prayed, Abba, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And even there, he forgives. And it's the same with Paul, and it's the same with you and me. One of the things uh, this week, we've been learn listening to all these news reports about the Queen, and, and I've been listening to podcasts, and one, one podcast I was listening to said, the Queen may be one of the greatest evangelists of our age. And, and I was like, really? And then they talked about all of her Christmas addresses over the last 70 years, especially in the last few years where she very boldly tells about her trust in Jesus Christ and how he is her bedrock, how he's worthy of her trust and that she finds comfort and strength in her relationship with our Lord. And she did this speaking to atheists and other faiths and she did it humbly and powerfully. And her, her range, where her voice was heard, 
was global. So it made her witness huge. It's something to be very thankful for. But all of us don't deserve what Jesus gives us. And so there is a gratitude fundamental to what happens to Paul. When I think of the person in my life that I so desperately want to embrace Jesus, they're not very... They're not, they're not filled with gratitude right now. They're filled with complaining. And when I pray for them, I imagine what a gracious heart would look like in that person. That's, that's nice bells. Right. So we'll move, move right along. Um, so here Paul gets a new philosophy in life. He says, Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I was the worst. Paul's old philosophy would have been this. God gave us a law to follow it so that when we are worthy, God will come and kick out the sinners and then everything will be okay. That totally turned on its head to where I am helpless and I need Jesus to rescue us. And he does this because he loves us. And that's where he begins. When I was growing up, I, I had this whole thing that it was very pharisaical. Like, I, I wanted people to follow the rules because if you're a good follower, then things will be okay. But now, as I'm older and I see people who are living in ways that are just unhealthy, my heart breaks. And following rules and the, and the direction and teachings of Jesus aren't just so that we can follow the rules. It's so we can avoid the pain and the suffering from living for self of not thinking about others. It's to avoid that kind of thing. Uh, I have to have a, a confession with you today because I, I messed up big time this week, like big time. Uh, we had uh, a guy come in off the street this week and honestly, he's the only person on the street in this neighborhood that scares me. Every time he comes in, I want him out immediately. He's dangerous, he's violent, uh, all kinds of stuff. And he came in, we were having a meeting on Tuesday morning, he came in, and as soon as uh, Carol told me to come out, there's someone there, I saw him, I, my heart just sank. And he said, I want money, give me money. And I said, no. And then just a whole fl- slew of, of profanity. Like just, you never give me anything, you're a horrible person, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, 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 let's go, time to go. And we got out into the hallway here, And he said something and set me off. And I opened my mouth and teenage Paul popped out. (laughs) Everything he said to me, I said it right back to him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, swing at me. Please swing at me. I want to hit you so bad. But I can't start it because I could get in trouble. But if, you know, he swings first, then it's self-defense, right? It just came out. And uh, then he, you know, started roaming the church trying to look for anything to take. And so I kicked him out after he took a stack of sandwiches and, that he made before he came in. Then I, oh, anyway, so I was getting really angry. The next day we prayed through this building. Okay, we prayed in here and then we prayed at the door. And someone during that prayer meeting was reminded, was given a word from the Holy Spirit, I believe. And that, Holy, that word was, Lord, you remind us in your word that our struggle is not against the flesh, but against the principalities, against the spiritual forces of this world. So please remind us that when the addicted come through this door, not to look at them with our eyes, 
but to look at them as your beloved children. A little bit convicted. I have to repent. Because I did not look at him through God's eyes. And I thought after hearing that, I thought, man, I've seen this guy sober. He's, he's lovely sober. And I could have said that to him, that he was made for more than this, that he's better than this, and that he could be a blessing instead of a threat. I could have said that in love, but I didn't. So I repent of that. Paul viewed himself as the worst of sinners. And basically what he's saying, if God can reach me, he can reach anybody. How often do I limit what God can do through my own understanding instead of looking at people through his eyes? I heard a father once say, I want to look at my child with the same love I sense God looks at me with, with that beaming kind of pride. And I think that that's getting close to what Paul is saying as we imagine um, other people in their, in their brokenness and fallenness of how we can be looking at them, reflecting God's love. When it comes right down to it, the last verse of this passage is, uh, is praise. Now, to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. I want, when I pray for those people in my life that I want to just embrace God, I I imagine them praising God for who He is and for what He has done in their lives. So, my friends, we live in a fallen and broken world, and we are fallen and broken too. And repenting doesn't mean you're a wicked, awful person and you should feel bad about yourself. Repenting is you were created for more. So turn to the Lord Jesus and let him work in you that you may be who God created you to be. It's about invitation to deeper and deeper life. So let's pray that for ourselves and for those whom we love. And we pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you are patient that you are loving and you are steadfast. You don't run from us when we are acting in ways that are harmful. You run to us. So Lord, give us grace to turn to you. And Lord, we pray for our loved ones too. We pray that they may come to recognize your love and your presence, that they may come to receive it, that they may become to be so filled with it that they in turn bless others in your name. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.